0: Welcome to this week's sermon from Apple Co. Christian Centre. Hello, today we're going to look at the book of Habakkuk. Um, it's a brilliant book, I haven't really been able to get out of it for the last few months. Um, I quite like the name, because with my surname Habakkuk, Cook. unfortunately my wife Becky uh, doesn't really agree. Um, but more importantly, Habakkuk is often described as a prophet seeking to understand the ways of God in a chaotic time. And I think actually that could be quite useful for us at the moment. Um, So before we dig into the questions um, and the thoughts that it brings, um, I've done a quick two-minute overview, so enjoy the overview. Habakkuk was a prophet who lived around the same time as Zephaniah and Jeremiah, probably in the reign of King Josiah of Judah, around 640 to 609 BC. This book is different from many of the prophets as it never addresses the people of Judah but is a dialogue between Habakkuk and God. In many ways this is a book of lament in which Habakkuk is trying to understand whether God really is good. Help God! There is violence, corruption, injustice and wickedness all around me. I know the situation Habakkuk. I will send the Babylonians to defeat those that are doing injustice in your land. The Babylonians, they are worse than us, God. Are you not holy and pure? Will you let them keep destroying nations? I will wait expectantly for your answer. This is all part of the plan. The Babylonians are bad and another empire will destroy them. They will be bad and another empire will destroy them and the cycle will continue. These bad empires will all have the same characteristics. They'll exploit the poor They'll put people in slavery and they will follow idolatry. I might use them, but I don't condone what they do. They will get justice. There is hope though. The righteous shall live by faith. God, we need your help now. Ultimately, I know that you will sort this out. In the future, you will crush the wicked and bring salvation. I get that this is the big picture. However, in my life, I am scared. I know I will see lots of distress and destruction. Yet I will rejoice in the God of my salvation, who will give me what I need to see this through. I choose to trust in you God and have joy in you. I can just confirm that no Lego is damaged um, during filming. So back to the the main reason we're here. This book brings loads of questions to my mind, loads of thoughts. The kind of questions that um, go around are things like, do I cry or even care for what's going on around me? Um, What am I living for? Am I actually um, subsumed by idolatry? Am I part of one of these empires? Or actually do I wait with persistence on God? Um, Do I accept God and who I am in light of that no matter whether my cries will be answered straight away? Um, And what I plan to do now is you'll get a bible verse and then a few minutes commentary from me and picking out some of these questions around that Bible verse. We'll do that for a few things, and hopefully that will help you start picking apart this book for yourself. So the first question we're going to look at is, do I cry or even care for what's going on around me? Habakkuk
1: 1 verses 2 to 4. How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore the law is paralysed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted.
0: Do I cry or even care about what's going on around me? There have been 290 years of separate rule by the time of King Josiah. We think Habakkuk's um, set in the time of King Josiah. They're set in um, the kingdom of Judah, which is a southern kingdom, and the kingdom of Israel is a northern kingdom. And 82 years ago, um, Israel was taken over by the Assyrian Empire. So that's something like um, England being split at the Watford Gap. And north of the Watford Gap is a massive superpower that could invade at any time. And south of the Watford Gap is kind of London, Cornwall, Devon. And we're just kind of like waiting to be attacked, to be taken over. And actually, the people of Judah, the kings of Judah, weren't great. So Manasseh, Josiah's granddad, um, was evil in the sight of the Lord. He um, burnt his son as an offering to other gods. He uh, took down loads of kind of like God stuff and did loads of worship to other gods and the the people followed. You can read all about this in 2 Kings 21. And so much so that God said, you know what, I'm gonna destroy Judah and Jerusalem. I'm gonna give them over to an enemy. And this actually happened about 20 years after Habakkuk and the Babylonians invaded Judah. So obviously, big picture, not great. Um, but Judah's, not stable in Habakkuk's time either. So King Josiah is a good king, brilliant, but he became king at the age of eight because his dad was killed by his servants. Um, He was a good king but it wasn't until he was 26 that he actually found scrolls about the true God and that he actually um, carried out religious and social reforms um, in line with that. So brilliant at the age of 26, great good king, loves God, but then by the age of 40 he dies in battle against the Egyptians and the Assyrians. So there's stability everywhere and disaster is on the way but more than that, disaster is actually here now with Habakkuk because as we can see people in general aren't um, following the holy book, the Torah. There's violence, there's injustice, there's bad leadership, all of these things. So Habakkuk's in a real mess. What does Habakkuk do? Does he run away? No, he cries out to God. Why does he do this? It could be because he cares or he thinks God can change things, God should change things. Maybe he's a faithful man of God. Maybe he's all these things. But my reading of it is that there's nothing else he can do. Disaster is on his way. There's loads of chaos here right now. All I can do is cry to God. So my question to you, my question to me. Do I cry to God? When I think there's disaster, do I think I can fix it? Or do I cry to him who can? That's a bit
1: of a challenge. Habakkuk 2 verses 18 to 19. Of what value is an idol carved by a craftsman? Or an image that teaches lies? For the one who makes it trusts in his own creation. He makes idols that cannot speak. Woe to him who says to wood, come to life. Or to lifeless stone, wake up. Can it give guidance? Is it covered with gold and silver? There is no breath in it.
0: What am I living for? Habakkuk 2 is clear that all nations will be held accountable by God and he will actually use corrupt kingdoms to bring down other corrupt kingdoms. In Habakkuk 2 verses 6 to 20 God lists that what makes a nation corrupt This includes the exploitation of the poor by the rich to help them get richer, slavery and the use of humans like animals, leaders who are focused on their own good, idolatry. The bit that fascinates me here is idolatry and that's the passage we've uh, just heard because I think it's so easy to make idols, idols that we then worship. You may think that's a bit stupid but have you made your career an idol? Or your family of retirement plan you might say no but do you worry about those things more than anything else is that where you spend most of your time and focus does do these things have priority over the creator of heaven and earth or we could ask how important is our economy should we prioritize our economy and our wealth over supporting those with less in the world do ends always justify the means Or how important is our nation, our prestige? Actually, if we look back in history, has England been one of these empires or kingdoms um, that God has used? (laughs) I think there's lots of questions we can ask. Ultimately, in Habakkuk 3, we see that God reigns and God will make all good. But I think, actually, how we use our lives now is important. Habakkuk 2,
1: verse 1. I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint.
0: Do I wait with persistence on God? The imagery Habakkuk uses here is fascinating. It's military imagery really of a watchtower stationing himself to watch. So if we look what this looked like at the time, You'd only um, have a watchtower on like an army camp or a city um, and they would have to watch out for an enemy so they didn't sneak in in the night and kill everyone. And watching then you had to be persistent. You had to be always alert. And if we use um, the Roman example, now this was a bit later but I think it's applicable. If a Roman soldier was on watch and they fell asleep, they would then be beaten to death as punishment that is horrific but that shows how important it was to watch and what i find fascinating here is Habakkuk's attitude because he's taking that attitude he is not being distracted He is focused and this actually really convicts me because i am very easily distracted you could probably validly ask how many times um, a person should check aston villa transfer news um, in a day and i'm guilty of checking it more than anyone probably ever should but there's more than that I think God sometimes talks to me and says do this and and I do everything else or I do it a little bit so this it really challenges me around persistence actually Lord am I persistent am I watching in the way that Habakkuk watches
1: Habakkuk 3 verses 17 to 19 though the fig tree does not bud And there are no grapes on the vines though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls yet i will rejoice in the lord i will be joyful in god my savior the sovereign lord is my strength he makes my feet like the feet of a deer he enables me to tread on the heights what a
0: beautiful prayer I guess the question is though, can we all pray it? Can I pray it? I think if I was Habakkuk, I'd come to the end of this dialogue with God, and I would want a happy ending, because I've been persistent, I've cried out, I've been faithful, actually Lord, surely I've gone through enough bad stuff that now I get the blessing. And I think I often live my life that way, that, as long as I persist, as long as I pray a bit more, as long as I do this or that, then yeah, surely it will all turn around. And I think actually the Bible is pretty clear that ultimately, yes, God is in control. And Habakkuk 3 talks a lot about that. But that doesn't mean that now in this earthly life, everything will go right. Or the blessing is just round the corner. We just have to look at the figures in the Bible. There's loads of New Testament figures. Look at Stephen. He's looking after orphans and widows he's making great preachers and people are coming to know the Lord and he's stoned to death but that is just part of it I think and this is the depth of Habakkuk so in this chapter chapter 3 you see that ultimately God says it's okay I will reign I will bring salvation I will get rid of corruption I will take all these empires down actually Habakkuk 3 also um, mentions the Anointed One, it references potentially Jesus, it talks about ultimate salvation, ultimate goodness, God will reign and brilliant Amen, and I'm sure Habakkuk was like yes, but also it's really clear that Habakkuk knows from the passage we've just heard that it's not going to happen for him in his time but the depth here and the beauty here is that Habakkuk has actually accepted that. So, he, he's gone through this journey through these chapters and he's come to this place where he goes you know what I know who God is I know that he's good I know that he's just I know that he's loving I know that he will save I also know who I am in light of that I know that I am saved but I also know that in this circumstance actually it won't all come together actually I won't see what I want to see in this circumstance and that's okay even if my cry isn't answered how I want it to be, in this time, in this place, that's okay. And that's my prayer really. I would love to be like Habakkuk, I would love to be able to go, actually Lord, this is your big plan, I'm the supporting actor in your story, and whether it all makes sense to me or not, whether my cry is I feel heard or not, whether salvation happens in my time or not, it's okay because I have joy in my salvation. And I think actually the deer's feet reference is fascinating here, because deer's feet aren't attractive. Why would you want a deer's foot? Um, but if you think about a deer's foot, it's it's really useful. It's practical. And deer can go high on mountains. They can go in rough places. They can go in dangerous places, and they'll be sure-footed because of their feet. And actually, he uses this reference, this analogy about actually because of because of you God I can be in hard places in dangerous places in places that I wouldn't necessarily want to be but I can be sure I can be steadfast I can have confidence because I know that you have equipped me to be here so even if all this corruption this mess keeps happening in Habakkuk's life God has provided a way for him to be safe and secure in it and I think that's my prayer for you that's my prayer for me and and the beauty about Habakkuk is it has all these references and um, Romans 1 verses 16 to 17 references Habakkuk. The righteous shall live by faith. So even in this book that looks like it's dire, that looks like, oh no, Judah is about to be overrun by Babylon and that's it. Your freedom is gone. But the righteous shall live by faith. God wins. His story is the story. And we get to be part of that. So I guess my prayer for you, my prayer for me is that Um, We get some of this depth, some of this truth within us. Um, And I would encourage you to read Habakkuk. Get into it um, and help. It will help God maybe get into you, into some of this kind of stuff. Um, Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from Amberco Christian Centre. For more information about who we are, what we believe and how you can get involved, Check out our website, www.hamburgerchristiancentre.org.uk.